0: I can see all the mistakes that I made And I wish that I could talk to me And tell me I can change Don't be afraid Just walk with your hands Hi, welcome to Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I'm your host. And tonight is November 27th, 2012. Phew, it's almost, a year is almost over. We have another month. And uh, it's amazing how this time just flies by. I hope everybody had a nice uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, tonight I want to talk about other options, and we have a listener from the southern eastern part of the United States, calling in in a little while. I don't know when she's going to get to call in, but she plans to. But I just really want to make the resources available. It seems like uh, I know plenty of people from my old friendships that um, don't know what what is out there, as well as I didn't uh, back in 2009. In fact, I thought that nothing else existed Can you imagine that? Nothing. That's what I thought. I thought nothing else existed, but AA and NA and Al-Anon. So we're going to start off by first. I'm very, very excited. So not this year. I'm going to start it now. I mean, not waiting until next year. I'm going to have on as many professionals every other week. Uh, I'm going to continue to make my film or go back to making my film soon. But... um, every other week I'm going to have on a professional that's non-12 step and we're going to start with Dr. Mark Kern who is locally here in Los Angeles you can go to habitdoc.com who definitely knows this stuff and so he is going to be on next week I'm really excited about that I think everyone if you don't know about Kenneth Anderson, Ham's harm reduction we're going to talk a little bit about his program I'm going to have I'm going to call him and have him on again We've had on Donna Cornett, and we're going to have her on again. I'm going to call her. There's a program called Moderation Management that has, uh, you know, it got a lot of weird PR because of its founder, the things that happened with her. Uh it doesn't mean that the whole thing, you know, was bad. Women for sobriety, uh, I still haven't interviewed anybody from there. Life Ring, same thing. Smart, I love Smart Recovery. We're going to have someone else uh, come on again about Smart I'm going to have on somebody from Jim Christopher again from Secular Organizations for Sobriety. Those are the two biggest and oldest uh, programs. Uh, Rational Recovery was very big, but uh, now it's, there's no more meetings with that. There are online meetings with HAMS Harm Reduction. That's weekly on Thursday. And on uh, Smart Recovery, there's a meeting every night of the week uh, that is online for Smart Recovery. There are other choices, too. Uh, Some of what I see and hear from the bloggers that people are doing, they're reading books. And the books that they're reading, uh, there's so many different kinds of books out there. One of them, uh, if you have, this is directed to show for young people. If you're a parent, uh, a realistic approach to preventing drug, alcohol, and other dependencies. It's called Addiction Proof Your Child by Stanton Peel. He wrote also uh, the seven tools to beat addiction. So, addiction-proof your child is a fantastic book. That um, on the back it says, "Will your kids experiment with drugs and alcohol? Quite possibly, but don't panic." Um, in a world where binge drinking, recreational and prescription drug abuse, chronic overeating, and anorexia, and internet gambling and pornography are all too common among teens. It's time to rethink the conventional wisdom about addiction. We clearly need something more than just say no. This book is an alternative, so I highly recommend it. Uh, It's available. Um, I got some used copies um, off of uh, Amazon, and it's uh, $14.95. I guess if you buy it new. Really, really fantastic book. So we're going to have my friend is going to be calling, and in the meantime, I want to talk about some of these fantastic blogs that we have out here that are alternatives for you. Uh, let's see. Um, we have exposeaa.org. So it's expaa.org. And there are some really great uh, forums. There's a forum there. There is the new 12 Steps. And uh, you can you know, really get support if you have left and you want to really get out there uh, there is, you know, activism, and it's just a really interesting blog. I'm looking at it right now. Also, want to see if you can please sign the petition for Carla Brada. Uh, the petition is stop courts from sending violent criminals to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. And this is going to be sent to President Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. I'm going to send it to uh, the Vice President uh Joe Biden and his wife and then it will go to the House of Representatives and to the state Senate when I'm done that's where it's going to go to and since but the background is demand judges and lawyers to stop sending violent criminals to alcoholics anonymous meetings as part of a plea bargain sentencing this must stop Eric Alan Earle allegedly strangled to death his girlfriend, Carla Brada, of Santa Clarita, California, on August 31, 2011, and it was later discovered that Brada's AA sponsor hid evidence of her abuse from Earle. Christine and Sandra Cass, Christine's 13-year-old daughter, were brutally murdered by Claiborne Conley, whom Christine met in an AA meeting. Conley was court ordered to AA by a judge and a mental health professional's. Every citizen and every A&A member have the right to know this is frequently practiced by the, hundreds, by the hundreds daily and that the courts need to find somewhere else to send sex offenders and violent offenders when they commit a crime. Uh, so we are up to 100 signers on this petition, which is great. I think uh, we're already going to take it down. I might leave it up for another week, and then we're going to send it out. Uh, so this is good. It's a good beginning. Um, so... Let me see what else we have here. So uh, back to this, Expose AA, great, great site. And uh, there's Gunther out there. Hi, Gunther. How you doing? Uh, I am really enjoying the growth of your site. I was looking over at uh, something new, the recovery room. I don't know what else is going to happen, but this is really a fantastic post. If you haven't been over there, go to exposeexpaa.org. And then uh, at the top you have all those tabs, which are your different threads. And there's a new one called the Recovery Room, new. And uh, the Recovery Waiting Room. uh, This was written by blogger Persephone in Exile, which I know her. It's so well written. It's really great piece um, talking about after being clean. Uh, Anyway, it's really a good a good read. Uh, I I almost might read it. I might read your Twelve Steps again. I don't know, Gunther uh... It's so quiet in here. I think the crickets are. I'm supposed to have somebody call in for me, and she's going to discuss uh, her way of dealing with uh, heroin overuse or use. And uh... we are going to talk about her way, uh, which is not the highway or the 12-step way. So, uh, in the meantime, some more news. Alcoholics Anonymous group is asked to leave meeting place by the city. This is happening in Sunrise on the beach a meeting that's been there for 15 years, and uh, they have told them to leave because they won't pick up their cigarettes, and their group is just uh, getting bigger and bigger. A man convicted of raping cousin is mandated to AA meetings. Wow, that's really, really horrible. Uh, Yeah, let's see. Uh, These are posted at uh, nadaytona.org. It's naDaytona.org. Uh, There's a lot of news stories pulled up uh, almost, uh, if not every day, at least two or three weekly. Another convicted rapist is sentenced to AA meetings, another reason for young people to not go to an AA meeting or a 12-step meeting of any kind. A 29-year-old man will be under house arrest for a year and a half after pleading guilty to raping his first cousin. Justice Leigh Gower noted the offender's deep remorse when giving the sentence on Friday, including the young man's own testimony of wishing he could take it all back. The offender, whose identity is protected, returned to Whitehorse on his own accord in December to deal with the charge. Um, This is up in Alberta. looks like he was employed truck driver in the Alberta sands. Ay, 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 not to AA guys. Send him somewhere else. Okay. Uh, anyway, bad vet stuff. Uh, I think that um, you know it is important for. Oh, here we go. Let's see. Uh, hi, caller, you're live.
2: Hi, Monica. How are you doing?
0: Hey, ironic. I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm okay. Just driving home from work. Very long distance, like I do at the time of day.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, I'm so glad you wanted to call in. I made the show sort of about, uh, you know, what we were talking about with dealing with uh, young people who, you know, don't want to go in harm reduction, and, and I called uh, Dr. Kern, Mark Kern, and he's going to be on next week, so to be really interesting. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, how about, you want to tell us your experience in... Did you ever go to NA?
2: Yeah, of course. So you had I had to. And I, I mean, I got the first time I went to an NA meeting. I don't know what I've shared here and, and not before, but the first time I went to an NA meeting, I was sixteen because I went with a friend of mine's mom who was kind of a lunatic, mm-hmm. and she would do she would do coke with like her our fifteen year old friend. Wow. Well. So I I went with her, and um, I didn't again until I ended up in rehab. At around age, I guess,
0: I was twenty. So yeah, I've I've been to quite a few. Well, wow. so um, we've been talking, but I realized some of the back history I didn't know about you. So, at what age did you go to a rehab, and what kind of rehab was it?
2: I went to a twelve step rehab at age twenty. I might have been but I went to my first detox at I think nineteen.
0: Mm hmm. I went to and
2: detox before I went to rehab a couple
0: of times. And this was for heroin.
2: Um, yeah, pills and heroin.
0: What was the first thing?
2: I said pills and heroin.
0: Oh, pills, okay. I was
2: always I was always on benzos, too, but I was always prescribed them, so I never had to mm-hmm. go through the same stuff, I guess.
0: Okay. And what did you think about the meeting the first time that you went? What was your take on it?
2: Uh, I don't know. They tried to convince me I was an addict, and I, at the time I thought it was ridiculous, and now uh-huh. I guess. Uh-huh. I know, at the time I had, to be fair, at the time I hadn't ever touched heroin or anything like that.
0: Hmm. So what was your uh, introduction then uh, to that drug?
2: Oh, I started doing, um, just taking pain pills with my friend on the weekends. Because mm-hmm. they were really cheap down here at the time. Down here they were probably, I don't know, those little blue roxies, 30 milligrams, were probably only you know, cost $8, $10. dollars hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah, they say it's really, I mean, everywhere, not even they say, but I mean, I was reading an article in the LA Times, it's a pretty big article about the pharmaceutical industry, and they had the list of all the different drugs, it was funny, I was thinking about you when I was reading it, and it, um, but they were just talking about what gets used the most, and, and the the deaths, and the, like, you know, people dying by mistake, too, you know, Yeah. From them, the uh, overuse of it is totally outweighed, like uh, the drinking problem in the United States. (laughs) It's really—I mean, I'm not surprised. But so
2: it's out of control. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how old are you now?
2: Twenty-three.
0: You're twenty-three. Okay. So your last rehab was when?
2: When I was twenty, I never. Well, I went to an outpatient rehab. I had to go to court-ordered outpatient rehab after that because I ended up ended up doing that under Florida's Marchman Act, because so, you know, I'm lucky enough not to have a police record. Mm, um, mm-hmm. That was the only one to impish have, And so, everything is 12 steps. doesn't matter what they tell you. I mean, I think everybody knows that. It yeah, doesn't well, matter
0: the, what kind of rehab they say they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to throw in that there are some that aren't. So the, it's only to say the ones that I know for a fact. So St. Jude's Retreat in New York, And if you could, I'm going to say this so for listeners, too, uh, ironic, uh, that uh, St. Jude's Retreat in New York, they have, I think, two locations, or maybe three. Michelle Dunbar has been on the show. I'm going to have her on again. Stephen Slate, you can Go to the Clean Slate, uh, is a person, a point person that is in Lower Manhattan, that there is an office there for anyone out there listening uh, that is completely, they have redesigned and redesigned it so that it is so not like that. And it even is non-abstinence friendly because they realized that that was important too so know that that and then there's um, uh, the one with um, practical recovery which is Tom Horvath and he is in northern San Diego County and so it's connected with smart but I mean it isn't but you know what I mean they use like the smart tools and cognitive therapy but it is a real it's expensive but it's I think he has another place for men that's not quite as expensive but it is a very very good place now, saying that, <laughs> I can think of anything else. It's, we have Amy Lee Coy's book. You can read Amy's bo- book. She's uh, from Death to a Part, and she's out there. Hi, Amy. Uh, Amy is still in, uh, I don't know if you're uh, back east or not, but um, anyway, she's creating something uh, that's more than, you know, Just she has a book and she has a blog, and people can reach out to her. Then there's Hank Hayes. You've been lied to, uh, the truth about the addiction, uh, I forget the rest, it's a long name, but anyway, you've been lied to, Hank Hayes has, uh, and that, but that's not a rehab, you know, so if anybody else who's listening right now can think of the other ones that are not 12-step, right? So yours was completely 12-step, and did you sit there and speak honestly about how you felt when you, or did you, you know, just kind of go along with it when you are in there?
2: Uh, well, I tried to just go on with it, and then they said I was being I was being dishonest. And then I told them everything, and then they said I was being dishonest. So it kind of took me a while <laughs> to get out of there because I, I I honestly then I started lying again because I honestly ran out of things to say because mm-hmm. you know like they they pressure you to talk. So after a long, it was it was really strange.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was
2: the whole the whole experience was really strange. I can say that.
0: And how long did that go on for?
2: Um, seven or eight weeks, and then I and I went to a halfway house, and was then that, I
0: yeah. And for how long were you in the halfway house?
2: Uh, I was in a halfway house. I was in two different halfway houses for um, I think about a month and a half, almost two months.
0: Mhm.
2: And I ended up after I got after I got um, I was in the first halfway house for about a week, and then some of my roommates brought in some. Some coke. They bought some coke down the street because we was in a pretty bad area of Miami. So they bought some coke down the street and they bought some crack down the street. But these were white girls, like little white girls who didn't really know how to smoke crack and they were trying to do it out of a soda can and they were doing it wrong. Oh
0: so it
2: was it was pretty hilarious. But so they just so we knew we were gonna get kicked out. So yeah. we ended up getting this girl. This girl who was there for pills. She was from New Jersey and she was like 27 she asked if I could get her some, and I was like, okay. So I went and I got her some, and I told her, I was like, don't take them all at once because you haven't done pills in months, so don't take all these at once. And I don't know if she was trying to kill herself. I don't know what she was trying to do, but she took all of them at once and then, like, ran away. And oh, well. we found out later we found out later on that she ended up in the hospital and nearly died. Mm. So after, after that whole thing, which I don't even think anybody found out, like, no one ever connected that to me. I got I just got in trouble for... All the other stuff that happened, not even that included. I ended up get, getting the court, having to do the court-ordered rehab thing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that Marchman Act. I don't really understand that.
2: Oh, it's basically someone someone can file it against you if they feel like you're a danger to yourself or others because of your drug use.
0: Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to live in and Florida. Then, I mean, hmm
2: It kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, then you have a court, a hearing, and you they decide. Monica, I'm so sorry. I have to go for a minute. I have to I have to run inside the store
0: really quickly. Oh, okay, go. and, and we'll, Yeah, I'll keep it going, and you come back, and we'll talk about the what you're doing now and how about the Suboxone helped you. Okay, call back. Okay,
2: I, I I, okay I'll call back.
0: Okay, all right. So uh, we have our ironic, uh, the blogger, is going to call back and tell us our experience with uh, Suboxone, which is, you know, she's doing something different. And uh, a lot of us remember her from the different blogs and talking honestly. And so what, what, where she's going to be back. So, Amy, hi there. So it's snowed. Oh, how fun. You get to wear your winter coat and your mittens and your hat. <laughs> yeah, we need to take a walk. I want to ride the bikes, too, down in Santa Monica. So, uh, you know, how is your... I know you're not calling in. Can you call in if you can't? Uh, the development of your show. I know that if you go uh, to Amy's site, let me see, is it was amyleecoy.com from Jeff Do I Part? Uh, she has a really great video up there now. I really love your video. Uh, posted a new blog a few days ago. Okay. So um, let me see. Yeah, just reading what she wrote here. She posted a new blog, Amy Lee Coy, uh dot com or not. Oh, you posted up some a new video. Oh, we gotta take a look. Okay, after the show I'm gonna take a look. Uh the thing that is so important, one of the things that uh I loved about Amy's book from Death to a Part, which you can get on Amazon or on I think you can get it on your site too, Amy, is that it was through self care and through self love, um, that she found her own way to stop uh a really uh hard drinking that uh, Amy was doing in her story. And uh, I just really am finding that I think that this uh, Mark Kern here, uh, who's uh, the habit doctor uh, who also uh, u- uh, used drugs and is abstinent from those but uh, drinks moderately, I would think that um, the guy from who's the actor, I'm forgetting his name now, uh, that's on Boss, He uh, Kelsey Grammer, that's right, Kelsey Grammer, he's like that. So maybe, I don't know if he helped him or not, but it's refreshing. So what I'm getting is that these young people that I know and my friend's children, uh, they, they're not interested, first of all. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't send anybody to AA or uh, NA anymore. I think it's an antiquated uh, modality. And then I think that uh, telling somebody who's young that um, unless somebody wants to be abstinent, you know, I think that's great. fine. I mean, there's how many millions are Muslims are abstinent uh, their whole lives. And I guess some Mormons, too, they don't drink at all. Some of them, I know the many, many Muslims don't drink at all, ever. So they're teetotalers for religious reasons. But in America, that's a recipe for a disaster, so, we don't want to do that. And again, there are one of the things that I really wanted to do is that I had gone on to Kenneth Anderson, let me see, on the harm reduction. And then there's so when you go to hamsnetwork.org, it's H A M S network.org. And he has a chat meeting. Okay, uh, let's see. He's got a show too, Block Talk Radio, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, and they have the live meetings, right, and he has harm reduction. It's a set of practical strategies intended to reduce the negative consequences of high-risk behaviors such as overdrinking or drug use. Harm reduction is a non judgmental approach that attempts to meet people where they are at with their drinking or drug use instead of demanding perfect abstinence, which, you know, in AA this doesn't happen. Uh, I want to say that, and, and on top of it, then people come back, and if they drink again, and then they call it these names, like, oh, I slipped, and I went out, it's like some more of this cult talk instead of, oh, I drank some alcohol, Well, what happened? You know, like, you think that would be the normal, what happened, you know, what did you get out of it, well, what could you have done differently? The the approach, the mindset, and then you got to stand, what's your name, and what's your disease, and stand up, oh, you know, it's just bizarre. And I've been told by people who were in and, in and out for a long time how judged they felt when they drank. So on this HAMS harm reduction, there's the 17 elements of HAMS, and he's got do a cost-benefit analysis of your drinking, and then two is choose a drinking goal. Uh, I guess you could do the same thing with drugs, which we'll see when... Um, Uh, Let me see if she is back in yet No, she's not back in So wait, just keep going here Let's see, Gunther wrote here I chose abstinence because for me it's easier Um, Naltrexone also removed my desire to drink So for any listeners who And I interviewed Gunther for my film And it was really great to meet you, Gunther And he was drinking What did you tell me? Oh my God um, Like 16 beers a day Is that what you were drinking when you, um, so he took a drug that you can get from your, um, you know, your regular doctor. And naltrexone also removed his desire to drink, right? That's what it did. It just removed his desire to drink. Isn't that interesting? Um, And then he said, for me, the desire was the problem. Um, Yeah, he drank 16 beers a day, all right? Uh, then Amy Amy Lee Coy is writing, um, but you would still have the desire if you drank again. Is that right? Oh, it's a question. That's a good question. Would you still have the desire if you drank again? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of people that that's, you know. I don't know. Your, your story is your story. Uh, but um, I want to go back to this. This is a really good conversation going on in there between Amy and Gunther. Um, so you true you choose a, a safe goal. Safer for drinking, reduce drinking, or quitting. Um, learn about risk ranking and rank your risks. Like, uh, you know, for ironic, it would be going into a, you know, a dangerous neighborhood. Um, we were talking the other day about her experiences and what she's doing. And then uh, learn about the HAMS tools and strategies for changing, and it says drinking, but you could say drug use. Um you know, there is a this is really really good. There is so much strategies for cutting back, medications to change your drinking, dietary supplements to help, um other tools. Oh, it, this is really good. AAD programming, acupuncture, um having alcohol-free time. Um So you're going to have alcohol-free days and CBT for alcohol-free days. Wall up your cravings with psychic jiu-jitsu. Smack down the witching hour with a club sandwich. Um, Marijuana maintenance for quitting drinking. That sounds good. I know people who are using that. Um, Eat first and hydrate. Choose your drink. Um, Plan and schedule uh, really, there's a lot of stuff uh travel in Paris. What does this say? This is good um, <laughs> travel in Paris. Oh, travel in pairs. Sorry, that is too funny. I'm like not reading it right. uh chart your drinks, baby stepping or gradualism. uh some people decide to add on abstinence day a week for the first month, two for the second month, three for the third. Boy, this is really detailed, um, I guess, for somebody who is drinking really heavily and you know, may be causing them a lot of problems. So I'm going to go back to the... Uh, oh, here she is. Hey, you're back, girl. Hello? Ironic? Are you there? All right, I just want to say this. Let's see. Um... Naltrexone remove my desire. Eh, how long do you have to take that for? Um, let's see. You took it for four months. You took it while well, drinking, right? The naltrexone. Um, and then you were your desire just lessens. And then he said, right, it tapered me off until I was drinking like two or three beers a day, and then you said enough. So you wanted to quit. So. I I'm going to ask you this if you don't want to if you want to call in Gunther you can uh, 818-475-9211 818-475-9211 if you you got down to 2 or 3 um why did you did you even get did you get a buzz on 2 or 3 and what made you say okay I want to just be abstinent. Was it, you know, that you were NAA like for all those years and that was the goal for all those years and, and that can sort of continued on? Or um what was there another reason why you decided you wanted to be completely abstinent? Um let's see. Uh right, it tapered me off let me see. Uh, I don't know. I I guess Iran I can't I can't hear her. Hello? Hello? Ironic, I. it looks like she called in, but I can't hear anything. I don't know what's going on with it. Uh, if you can hear me out there, Ironic, call me back, 818-475-9211, 818-475-9211. Uh, oh, okay, somebody's calling in. Let's have them come in. Hey there! Look at it says it says your name, Gunther. Hi, how you doing?
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm good. Are you calling me from the computer? Yeah. Wow, is it from Skype too?
1: Yeah, I'm skyping you.
0: Oh, that is so cool! I, I love the Skype. I really do. It's really it's fun way to talk, you know.
1: <coughs> yeah, skyping is a lot of fun.
0: Okay, so th- I think this great conversation here. Uh, that I never even thought of asking you this, right? Did you hear what I said?
1: No, I I lost you halfway through because I, I started calling in, so it cut off the call.
0: Okay, so you got down from 16, right, to two or three beers. So what was going on with you that you wanted to continue? Well, first of all, did you get a buzz, like, you know, from the two or three beers?
1: Well, right away, when you first started, well, I, I shouldn't say when you first start taking. It. I can just <laughs> talk about my own experience. <laughs> when I when I started taking Naltrexone, right away, I noticed that it just kills the buzz. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. It 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 just makes the buzz much less. There's no euphoric effect. Mm-hmm. So, with within a short period of time, I was cutting down already because. You know, you wouldn't just you wouldn't sit down and drink fifteen or sixteen Pepsis, would you? Right,
0: right, or even uh, that many much feel, water, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you
1: just feel bloated.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's what I was getting. You know, I was just feeling bloated, and so I cut down a little by a little, and then um, actually at first I took it sporadically until I realized it was actually working. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it just removed the desire. It just made me feel like I didn't want to do this anymore. And uh, and when I quit, I backed that up. I, w- I was really kind of obsessed with, you know, how I had been misled by AA. So I wanted right. to learn about alternative methods. So I backed that up by reading as much as I could about, you know, different, different methods, different ideas, and uh, gravitated eventually towards smart recovery.
0: Mm-hmm, Which,
1: mm-hmm. You know, I go to an online meeting every now and then, still, but uh, for the most part, I consider myself cured.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's nice. So you got to a place where you were drinking the two or three, and what? What did you say? Were you just that was it? Like one day you just said, "That's it, I'm done," and then the next day you didn't drink anymore.
1: Oh no! It was uh. It's a big long story. I I uh have written about it before. I actually kind of moved out into the woods and things were falling apart all around me and uh you know.
0: Right, I remember you so you went out and did the the man in the woods thing so you so I mean that's part of what I interviewed. I forgot that for a second, that that is part of your story. Um, I think that it's uh, I think it's important For people to know That uh, you were able to Stop this way And that it worked so easily for you And I know that you've read a lot of books And I didn't prepare tonight um, Like the list of good books And I you know, would hope that people Are going to be listening So can you Do you have any books Like sitting there on your shelf Of your favorites For someone who's really wants to quit Or cut really back seriously What are some of your favorite books?
1: Well, uh the first book that I read that was really helpful was a small book by Jack Trimpey. Uh-huh. Um, that really pulled back the veil for me and revealed what AA actually was to me. Is uh, that
0: book still around?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you get can get
0: okay. that book. Okay.
1: And uh, then I read The Alcoholism and Addiction Cure, which I thought had some cool stuff in it, cool ideas about developing your own program. Um I don't want to give anybody the idea that it was easy for me. Mm-hmm. When I first quit I was still stuck in this idea that I needed a program. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That I had to develop some kind of program which I think might be good initially for some people, you know, when mm-hmm. they first, you know looking at underlying reasons and stuff like that is right is helpful but not in the AA way where you look at yourself from the position that you're some kind of sinner who, you know, you know what I mean.
0: I know. What is that? I, I was listening to uh, Kenneth Anderson put up a video of his talk up at the harm reduction conference in Portland that happened recently, and you know, he said we have all these different points, and you said you can start at any, you know, any place you want to, and you know, just wh- however you want to do it, and I find that by talking to all the bloggers and, you know, whether we were blogging or talking on the phone or Skyping, that that's really become a very, I, I don't know, a lot of people are reading books and blogging and or, and stopping, you know, that it, it, I don't, I was talking to Stanton Peel, I guess I was listening to my old show, and he, we were talking about young people, and He was like, well, you should create one for young, you know, people under 18, because I want it so that no one under 18 can go to meetings. Like, I want that to be the law someday, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I know somebody who sent their kid away to a rehab. I thought that she went to a a, like a private school, but um, it turns out it's a rehab. And I'm like, you don't need a rehab at 16. Like. She should be in school, and I don't. I don't understand the culture. You know, it's just it's all these movies and everything. Someone else was posting about. You know, uh, they they were talking about um, the Good Wife, and I actually watched the episode. And <laughs> man, it's just too much in the entertainment. All this talk about AA. That it's like it's just the go-to. <laughs> Idea. It's we need not just my documentary. There needs to be a series that, and we need somebody like Dr. Drew. But that's you know like Amy or you know where people are talking about all these alternatives. Dr., you know Tom Horvath on and Dr. Mark Kern. You know where they're just all talking about the other way. It's it needs to be in the media. <laughs>
1: Or other ways, yeah. There's a lot of different other ways out there, but a lot of them haven't established a real good foothold. I think Smart Recovery has established the, the greatest foothold of
0: mm-hmm. all that
1: are out there that I've seen. Right. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but the idea that this this quack faith-healing religion is helping people is has been drilled into the head of... of people who don't really understand what's going on and oftentimes when you start to speak out against AA they automatically rise to the defense of AA without really understanding what they're talking about right you know, right i sat um, in those halls and i watched people come and go and come and go mm-hmm. for years on and off and uh and i was one of those people who was coming and going and and getting on my knees and begging god to remove my character defects and all of this bullshit that came along with aa right. that eventually i realized had nothing to do with you know with with my drinking problems
0: right right and you had you had a faith you used to go to church oh yeah right yeah yeah, um, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah.
1: Uh, that changed for me aa killed my faith um yeah I'm not a religious person anymore.
0: That's kind of interesting. Is that, you know? I I think that um, for me too. I am. I mean, I I meditate and I do more of a chanting Buddhist thing now. And but I I think that it's really sad that um, that I, I like what Jim Christopher says, and I'm going to have him back. He calls it guruism and magical thinking. Mm-hmm. guruism mm-hmm. and magical thinking is going to like fix it and I have a really close friend whose kid is having a problem with pills, or no it was ice, it's really sad and, Really? Yeah, in Hawaii and I told him about all what I went through and with somebody in my family and what I really got You know, uh, that's why I'm going to have Mark Kern on next week, Dr. Mark Kern but I you know, he he doesn't even know. He didn't even know that these other things existed. And uh, the kid hates AA, doesn't like it, you know, doesn't want to go to a, Of course not, you know. Who would, in their right mind, uh, want to go in today's world? I wouldn't. But the fact that he doesn't know, and that's why I said I didn't know either until 2009, and you and all the other bloggers on Stinkin' Thinking were like, oh, yeah, there's this thing called Smart, this thing called Life Ring, and... You know, and i that's the crime. That, that's the part for me, the educational part that, through. I think, is the fact that you... I did it, too. I mean, I didn't get on my knees and ask God to help me stop drinking, because I really stopped on my own. And then I went to a meeting two weeks later when I met the guy on the beach.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I did do, you know, for other things when I'd had these problems. I I'm Looking back, I go, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I ever... <clears throat> thought that way and uh, I don't believe in that kind of guruism and magical thinking and I really want to expose it you know for the for the fraud that it is
1: that's what it is it's a fraud it's definitely a fraud and um it'll just take it's going to take a long time for people like you and I to continue to speak out against it mm-hmm. and uh pretty soon people will start to pick up on the fact that it's a cult, you know? Right, Um, right.
0: Well, I think, though, that it needs a show. I think it means more than, I mean, like, shameless, but it it should be called Stepper's Gone Wild or something. I don't know, but, you know, (laughs) then you need... I mean, I was even fantasizing the pitch that I would give as I'm pitching to make the show, you know, (laughs) and then... I I, I'm saying, well, you know, you need definitely another show that's not a reality-type show, but a straightforward talk show that is all about, you know, other alternatives. And they're not even alternatives. They're just other options out there so that it can be, you know, I'm going to take out a bus sign, you know, one of those bench ads. Uh, I'm going to have it designed for my radio show just to get the word out about you're not
1: powerless. Really?
0: Oh, yeah. I, they're not, it's not that expensive. I couldn't believe how affordable it was. And I'm going to have simple design, because those are you know, those bus ads. You realize, you know, just a few major lines and just listen to block talk radio and safe recovery, and you are not powerless. There are other options. Something so simple. But there's a lot of people walking, driving by it, and, you know, there's a lot of parents that are don't know what to do. I mean, I think about it, Gunther. You were in... It, right, in and around 18 years. Can you imagine doubling that? Like, I was there 36, like, mad, you know. Just, I'm not as mad as I was before.
1: And they because, got you young. Yes. That, that pisses me off when they get them young. Mm-hmm. You know, before a person has even established a pattern of addiction. Right. You know, convince them that somehow they're morally defective. And I just get so angry when I think about the the mind fuck that these people put people through
0: yeah uh, that we need to get to um we need to get to the youth uh we were blogging the other day and uh it turned out that um we were remembering that in 1968 aa must have done a huge sweep oh here's our t- caller let me bring her in um, hey ironic
2: hey i finally got through
0: hey you're back i just want to finish this train of thought like we were blogging about uh how they brought speakers, you know, into our schools. And I'm I'm answering, you know, Rainbow's post, and I got so mad. I'm like, Kevin, I said they came into my grade school. They came to my fucking grade school to preach that cult bullshit. Mm-hmm. Can I sue them for that? You're going to come into my school and talk to me about a cult? It would be like if you came from the Jewish synagogue and thing. Come on down and join us, and or come to Mormon land, or come to, you know, Muslim land, so you can stop your drinking someday. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. That is so wrong, right? So we're going to make a pamphlet for, you know, all this other stuff. So I want to get to Ironic. So Ironic, you want to you wanna stay on the line, Gunther, and talk with us? Sure, I don't want You're mind. welcome <laughs> to. Gunther, meet yep. Ironic. Ironic, meet Gunther. <laughs> We've met. Hi, I'm <laughs> right. How are
1: you?
0: Yeah, so I want to talk to you about bring you out of the twelve step. It didn't work for you, and tell us what you did. Oh uh,
2: well, I'm trying to find a place to stand. I'm at the mall right now, and I don't
0: want to like yell
2: about crack outside the Samsonite store. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, you know, I think what what, worked, what ended up working for me, and I don't even I don't even like to say, you know that. Anything worked for me necessarily because I'm definitely still struggling. I mean, not, you know. I mean, I guess I'm doing a lot, a lot better than I was two years ago. Basically homeless and, you um, know, doing all kinds of wacky things mm-hmm. to, put drugs, to put drugs in my arms. But mm-hmm. what I ended up getting me out of that cycle was Suboxone. Mm-hmm. And some people use methadone, and some people use Suboxone. And, one of the reasons is because methadone is more powerful, and it's in it's a very, very brief it's more powerful.
0: Right, right. And,
2: and uh, it has to do with it has to do with one being a partial agonist drug and one being a full agonist drug, and one is actually actually just scheduled differently. The DEA schedules them differently, so it's harder to get. But people, well, a lot yeah. of people successfully use methadone drugs to to break their habits and it's got a much higher success rate than AA does. I think they say that people at least while they stay on the medication more than half the people who who are on it don't don't get high.
0: Right. I mean, one of the things that when we first started talking, which seems like it was like over a year ago, uh, was yeah. it? I think it was over even maybe longer. I don't it seems like it has that uh you couldn't put together I don't know, a couple of weeks you said when you were going to N.A., and I think you went many, many months before you, uh, you know, used some drugs again, right? Like what was your... I mean, yes, to, yeah. yes.
2: At one point at one point, I had gone eight months. It's, it's been two years since I got on Selvutex. I'm not going to take Selvutex now. It's been two years since I got on it. Um, and I think it... It, it's what got me off the street. I mean, that's what I can say about it. I think it's probably a lot harder to kick an IV heroin habit than it is to kick
0: anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, now, and I, was, I was thinking
2: about you as I was looking
0: over at Hams harm reduction. Have you ever, even though it's he was using a lot of the word alcohol, have you ever gone over there to use some of his tools?
2: I know. I know a little bit about Hams, and I've never gone over gone over to them specifically, but there are some decent harm reduction pamphlets, not not out of the U.S., but the harm
0: reduction pamphlets out
2: of other countries. Yeah, but
0: it's just like some different, uh, you know, I can see that this is really for somebody who is really having a hard, hard time, who's drinking really heavily, or you could say using drugs, but, you know, some of the things like about, you know, different choices, about, uh, I, I don't know, I think it's really interesting. It's not something that's my issue, but so, um, what do you uh, uh, what would you like to tell if another young listener that maybe uh, listens to this uh, for the first time?
2: Um, I mean, I think I'd best spread the same message that you do—that there are a lot of different ways to get help, and that a combination or it is is but a combination is really probably what's going to work. But I don't know a lot of the stuff that's said about. I said about maintenance drugs, especially in the rooms of AANNA. It's just complete fabrication. Nothing, you know what I mean? Just a lot of lies are
0: told. Right, right. But one are- one of them being about like that. This leads to this. Like, what do you? Uh, this this line really kills me. Um, that the marijuana is a gateway drug, and I'm like, uh, no, it's not. It's not a gateway drug. You got to be kidding me. I mean, I know so many friends in Inwood that smoked pot that never did anything you know harder than that uh and, and so and
2: so do i
0: right right and,
2: and <laughs> that's one of the most dangerous lies that's told about drugs anywhere
0: mhm mhm and and also beer like the fact that many heroin addicts uh I mean I went to NA in Hawaii just because I smoked pot and they wouldn't let me talk about my pot smoking, which now look is so ridiculous that I ever went to NA. I mean it is so stupid, you know? But that a beer, uh I remember one time you we were having a hard time and all the bloggers were like, Well, can you just have a beer and why don't you just smoke a little medical marijuana? And what did you say to us? Do you remember? What did
2: I say? Yeah, do you remember? What did I say to you? I'm sure I told
0: you to do that. To so go ahead and do it. No, no, no. We we you were you were like almost suicidal and we were like don't hurt yourself. We were all like, right? Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, last oh yeah, year? I remember
0: that. And it was like last winter, early winter and early January. Oh I, I remember
2: think. that. I go I go through periods of that certainly.
0: Right. And we were like, and you were like, well, that's not my drug of choice. And we we're like, well, just what's 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 of lesser harm, you know what I mean? Uh, or or finding something that makes you feel really really good, whether it's uh, you know getting a beautiful thing of flowers or get, taking a bath or going. For me, it's exercise. I mean, exercise is really huge, and eating really healthy food, and having lunch with a friend, or reading a good book, or going singing karaoke that's- with my husband.
2: Mm-hmm. That's very important, except the karaoke. I don't think that's necessary, but I'm glad it works for you.
0: <laughs> you haven't tried get, singing karaoke? I get naturally high singing karaoke. Don't knock it. <laughs> I couldn't do that. That's not
2: one of those things I could do sober.
0: <laughs> we go to, like, private rooms where you don't have to do it in front of other people. They have these Japanese private rooms in, like, Little little Tokyo here in L.A. I have a couple.
2: Oh, well, I don't think Miami has a Little
0: Tokyo. Gunther, were you going to jump in? Can something? I jump
1: in with a couple questions? Yeah. Um, okay, first of all, ironic, you said that you take subutex, which is an antagonist? Is that it's what it not,
2: is? It's not. Naltrexin is an antagonist. This would be a partial agonist. It's considered it a partial agonist antagonist because uh, because it stops any other opiates from attaching to the to the certain opioid receptors.
1: So mm-hmm. it's in that
2: sense, it's considered an, ag- an antagonist, but it's not really – I guess, yeah, it, blo- it blocks everything else. It blocks everything else while delivering a small opiate effect, which is really not noticeable to anybody who has any kind of tolerance, even a, small, even a Vicodin tolerance.
1: But it's enough to make you not crave it?
2: Um, you never really crave it. Like, if you didn't have it, I guess you would probably crave dope. But you would never crave this because it doesn't. It makes you feel not. I, I don't like to say it. It makes you feel normal, but it makes you feel a little better than normal because you're not craving anything else, or your other cravings for other drugs are reduced. But you're never going to crave this drug because it doesn't get you high.
1: Right. Okay. I was just wondering how yeah. it makes you, how it makes you feel when you first started taking it. Did you notice an immediate effect or?
2: Uh, yeah, I noticed immediately that I was sick before, and then I wasn't sick after I took it, you know. But I wasn't sick. You don't, you don't feel the mental high. You feel the same mentally as before you got high, but you don't feel the physical sickness. It's might me... very simply explain.
0: Uh, ironic. Do you. Yes do anything that makes you feel naturally that way now? Have you discovered, you know, things that make you feel really great and sort of give you a natural high?
2: Well, I like exercising and, I mean, I still struggle to find things that give me a natural high, I think, but exercising is a big, important thing and I like, I think the ability to, you know, just go getting out there and figuring out what normal people do who aren't sitting around getting high has Mm just been really important really helpful. Hanging out with, you don't want to surround yourself with people that have had drug problems. I mean, you
0: you know, what's right. good in that? How about you, Gunther? What kind of things have you found uh, that make you feel really great?
1: Well, I really enjoy bashing AA. <laughs> 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 no, I <laughs> That's what they call it anyway. They call it bashing AA. I, I, I kind of enjoy um, taking the time to try to get other people to understand my position and uh, that, that AA, if it's not working for them, that there are other methods and other things they could try that could possibly, you know. But um, besides that, I've had a hard time. In Smart Recovery, they call it a VACI, a vitally absorbing creative interest. Mm. And they encourage you to find a, a vitally absorbing creative interest. And I've had difficulty. I bought guitars and um, and tried getting a gym membership and stuff like that. But um, I, I suffer from depression and PTSD also mm. and uh yeah. So, you know, while I've I've been successful at quitting drinking, I still had a, a kind of a rough road as far as that goes.
0: Yeah, I think uh, those those things are important. Now, um, but I, I, uh, I want to say this before I want to get this on the blog here. I'm going to expose AA. And uh, this is... One of the things that I think you're really good at, I mean, you're good at a certain, you were good on your radio show uh, in this writing of the parody. Rarely have they seen a person who has thoroughly followed their path. Oh,
2: that was great. It
0: it is such a great, if anyone, when you're listening to this, you can go to exposeaa.org and you click on the top line is the new 12 steps and Gunther wrote a parody on the beginning of chapter 5 which is just hilarious and really brilliant Uh, because the truth is and you know I realized this when I was sitting there in the end, I was trying. I said how many people in this room really are of service how many people have done these steps through and through, how many people and I thought to myself, oh my god like out of the 40, like maybe 7 but the majority here were sober, but if AA were really growing and working, there would be 25 million people in the meetings right now. You know what I mean? It would really, when it was growing in the 70s and the 80s, it would there would be 25 million members, and there's not. It's stopped growing and it's decreasing. But I think that what we've found is there is a community of us. I mean, I have 45,000 downloads and listens on this radio show, and. I mean, I don't even promote it every week or send emails anymore, you know. That's 45,000, probably not people, because maybe those people have listened, you know what I mean, to each show. But that's a lot of a community on the Internet that, you know, is where we're at or moving towards it. And people like, you know, you, ironic... And other young people who are using ICE and, like, my friend's kid, who I'm like, you know, uh, it's really, they're not going to go to an AA meeting and like it, or NA. So we want to get the word out that there's these other things. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And
1: uh,
0: I think that the, the, the Skyping... It's really fun, and the creation of, we're going to create some literature. We're going to have help with another blogger. You know, it's really, it's it's good good stuff. So uh, I don't want to forget the other blogs. Let me see. We have, did I mention Orange Papers? Beware if you're a, new, a newbie when you go to Orange Papers Forum. There's trolls there, right? Oh, Anna, asked Amy asked you a question, you. Oh, sir? I want to
1: answer Amy's question. I just noticed it myself. Oh, um, oh, yes. Go ahead. The question was, were the AA meetings held in the same place as your church pre-AA? No. The answer to that is no. I, I went to a couple different churches, a Baptist church and a Pentecostal church. Before I went to AA and um, the meetings I went to weren't held at any of the places where I went to church.
0: In your small area, if you were to go to a meeting, Gunther, are they small meetings? Or are there actually some big meetings in a small in small
1: towns? Um, I'm not sure what you'd consider a big meeting. I used to go to a a mixed big book. It was an Al Anon AA big books study group. That um, was like a hundred people. Oh my God! And I used to go to a men's group that was like fifty people.
0: Yeah, that's big. Uh-huh. So
1: that's pretty big, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's big. And when I small, I mean like meetings. twelve people. Yeah.
1: I've been to meetings that are as small as you know six or seven people.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, I know we joked about this. Oh, we have ninety seconds to go. Uh, I want to thank thank you, uh, Gunther, for calling in. It's always <laughs> fun having you calling and talking. And Ironic, I want to thank you. I want to remind everybody that uh, next week I'm going to have Dr. Mark Kern on, the habit doc. Uh, he's here in Los Angeles and he's uh, got a book also. So I'm going to have him on. I'm going to try to have professionals on every other week from all the uh, programs from SMART to um, SOS again and as well as the moderation people and then Upload as we continue the activism and uh you know just continue this on and oh and also for Carla brada um thank you so much, Gunther, for putting that up on your um on your blog to you know get support so uh I have Somebody keeps calling me on my other phone there. Amy said, because you said AA destroyed religion for you, just wondering how that happened, was it because you dug deeper into the meaning of the steps which are taken from a certain religion? Wow, it's a good yes. question. I got 20 seconds. We're going to have to cancel uh, lo- that one.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I lost my faith because God never answered my prayers. That's basically it.
0: Wow. Wow. I'm going to say goodnight to everybody. And it will go off We'll see you next week It's Monica and I'm your host on Safe Recovery I can still hear you Can you hear me Gunther? Yeah
1: Yeah Thanks
0: Yeah Thank you so much Uh, That's pretty uh, deep But I I, I understand I really do now uh, In a different way And thank God for the Buddhism It's just different (laughs) But you know I hear you Everybody's logged out and gone Thank you so much Gunther (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right. Bye, all right. Bye.
0: Uh, she hung up already, and they all left. I'll talk to you soon. Good night. Okay, good night. Bye.